He didn't like leave his mom for some hot other long neck. This is Fury. He protects me from the creatures that crawl in the night. This is Destructor. She protects me from mosquitoes. This is Dream Crusher. He protects me from having unrealistic goals. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Style Guide with your hosts, Stephen Orr and Dave Morris. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm well. And yourself, Steve-O? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Excellent. Excellent. I uh, I just saw The Good Dinosaur last night by myself in theaters. <laughs> like no one else was there? It's just you? Well, I, I, uh, there were, there was a couple in the back who were making out when I first walked in. And it was just me and this couple that was making out, which was really awkward. And then another couple came in. And then the makeout couple left the theater. <laughs> So I don't think they were there to watch The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> I think they were just there because it was an empty theater they wanted to make out in. And then another couple showed up. So it was me and two couples watching The Good Dinosaur at 10 p.m. in a movie theater. Well, that sounds like a fun fun little time for you. At least there weren't a bunch of children there running around screaming. Is that what your experience was like? Oh, uh, we didn't have too many, but everyone had brought kids except for uh, my partner and I. And so... There were there were lots of noises throughout and and gasps and children being a pain as they are, but they yeah. weren't they weren't too bothersome. Yeah, that was my experience with uh, Inside Out. Well, and that's the thing. After seeing Inside Out, you kind of just go, "Oh, they're kids. I'm gonna let them be kids and not feel so bad about it." <laughs> How adorable! Adorable. But yeah. that's right. Today we are talking about the good dinosaur, and so this is. One of the few spoiler warnings that you're going to get from us on the podcast, but if you haven't seen The Good Dinosaur yet, uh, stop the podcast. Yeah, we are about to talk about all of it. Yeah, we are We are exclusively going to ruin that movie for people who have not seen it. So, Unless, of course, you have no intention on seeing that movie, then feel free to listen, but you probably still don't want to listen because this podcast will be uninteresting to you. Okay, so now that we've done done our duty and and warned people, let's uh, get started talking about the good dinosaur. And all right, and we haven't spoken about this at all. I actually went out of my way to not text you after the movie because mm-hmm. I I wanted to give you a warning and say don't expect Inside Out, but I held off. I resisted the urge. Yeah, well, you know, before we talk about the movie, can we just talk about our experiences watching the movie? We we just did a little bit. Yeah. But it was I, I I tried so hard to go see a not 3D version. Yeah. Uh, but the only one I could make it to this weekend was the 3D one at 10 p.m. So uh, when I was sitting with these two couples in a movie theater, we were wearing sunglasses uh, in the dark, <laughs> watching uh, 3D. And I don't think 3D added anything to this movie in any way that made it better. <laughs> it was kind of a waste. And that was that was one of the things that I considered trying to text you beforehand that because we also saw it in 3d and honestly it unless somehow seeing it in 3d made the backgrounds more beautiful which i don't think they did i think the backgrounds Mm. would have been just fine in 2d totally it uh it was a movie where 3d felt like a wasted add-on such a waste uh, it was uh, totally unnecessary to the film. There's nothing that 3D that, that no no 3D was used to make things come out of the screen in any way. Unlike something like Up, where I think 3D, you know, it, it at least felt like it 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 added something to the movie. It added kind of a gravity to it. But yeah, or the movie Gravity, where the 3D was really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, so I saw it in 3D, and uh, and again, it was the first time I, I've been to see a movie alone in like, oof, I don't know, for maybe like forever. I can't I can't think of another time I've gone to, to a movie theater by myself to watch a movie, and I think that may have skewed my appreciation or uh, or disappreciation with the film because it was me watching it, so it felt like I was watching it for work, you know. That yeah, that would that would make it a very different sort of experience, especially with a movie like this, where you're going into it watching it specifically for the podcast. Like you wouldn't yeah, go exactly. see the Good Dinosaur by yourself in theaters, just for <laughs> not fun. normally. Yeah, yeah. So it did make it feel like a little bit more of a work trip. Well, mm-hmm. business expense though. Yeah, business expense. Totally writing that off. Yeah, uh, I mean, it didn't stop me from finishing my popcorn before the trailers were over, but that's just me. That is such a weird <laughs> phenomenon, too, because I I swear every time I go, I tell myself I'm going to be restrained, and then the popcorn's all gone before the movie starts. Yeah, I mean, the movie didn't start until, like, I, I got there at 10. I sat down, the, the, the lights went down at 10, and it didn't start until, like, 10.25, maybe? Like, I remember checking the time, and I was like, it's 10.20, and now I'm seeing some previews still. I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. No wonder I finished my popcorn. It's like 25 minutes of popcorn eating. Now, here's a question. The trailers that you saw, yeah, were they just astoundingly bad? Like, did you see a trailer uh, for Alvin and the Chipmunks? No, I didn't see Alvin and the Chipmunks trailer. Okay, okay. Well, because I, I was sitting there watching the trailers for for the my film, and... They it it seemed like they had put no effort into them mm. because you know I've been off trailers for for a while mostly and sitting there watching the trailers for the Good Dinosaur it just looked like they're mashing together a bunch of terrible jokes for kids movies and not mm. putting any thought or care into them and so I was just I was just wondering whether trailers for kids movies are universally bad. Um, I don't know. I mean, mostly it was car commercials that I remember seeing in the trailers. And there was a trailer for some movie that I was actually kind of thought was awesome, but I can't remember it anymore. I think this is one of those phenomenons about 3D movies. I don't know if you've heard this uh, this theory before, that when you're watching a movie in 3D, your brain spends time adjusting to the 3D so it forgets a lot of the movie. And some people leave 3D movies not remembering the first half of the movie. Yeah, I, I have heard, heard of that. And it's, uh, I, I don't think that that's something that affects me but i i yeah i don't think it affects me either i remember the whole movie i just can't remember the trailers right now (laughs) i don't know i'm losing my mind steve i'm losing my mind well do we want to actually start talking about the uh short that they played yes let's do it uh the based on a true story kind of yeah yeah sanjay's super team yeah Mm -hmm. uh i thought it was cute but as far as Pixar shorts go I was not that enthralled by it yeah it what what did you think so I thought that it was I was impressed with the audio of it that was the thing that I noticed right away how the music really built the story in interesting sort of ways not the music but the sound effects Mm -hmm. I thought that that was really well done and and noticed it very very quickly in, in that short, but it didn't, it, it, it almost didn't feel like a Pixar short. Yeah, it felt a little strange, but the music was, you're right, it was uh, absolutely amazing. The sound mixing on that was beautiful, and the ringing bells and all that, and, and how that is what told the story. But yeah, it felt like, 
it, it was mostly just like let's make some cool superhero fighting sequence framed within this beautiful sort of father-son childhood relationship as opposed to that father-son childhood relationship being the main story you know like a lot of pixar shorts like the volcano one with the i lava you it was this beautiful relationship between these two volcanoes that couldn't see each other and it was kind of sad and, and lovely and this was like it started with the father and son went into this crazy awesome power rangers fighting sequence and then back to the father and son that's the thing in in a Pixar short. I expect the the characters to to interact and grow together, and in this one, it was just about the boy, I guess, growing up through his fictionalized version of his father's spirituality, and mm-hmm. and so it it wasn't about the relationship at all. And so I think you're right. It just felt like let's let's do a cool sort of superheroes thing. Yeah, and it was cool, I guess, but I, I wasn't like super, like when the kid was fighting the, when his like, you know, spirits were helping him fight this monster of smoke, the smoke monster, the the candle gone out monster, the lack of faith monster, I don't know what you want to call it, and the superheroes were fighting it, it was like, well, this is a fun fight sequence, I guess, but I actually drifted into thinking how that was pitched. Like, how did the person that wanted to make that movie pitch it? Did they actually pitch? And then the smoke monster throws these swords at them. And then the second spirit steps forward and, like, you know, spins his arms around and hits the sword. Like, what was the pitch meeting about that? that, that that's what my mind started thinking about. <laughs> well, that's I guess that's not, not what should be happening when you're watching a movie. You're thinking, oh, how did this get made? Like who who okayed this? <laughs> yeah, that's what I had. That's what happened. I wasn't like the the volcano one. I was so enthralled by, and like saddened by that. I didn't even think about who wrote the song or where the idea came from. And this one, that's what I was thinking about. And I was appreciating the sound editing. <laughs> well, okay, okay. So that was the the start, I guess, to our our good dinosaur experience. <laughs> yeah, that was it. It was me wondering how it got made. <laughs> Yeah, so the good dinosaur. So the good where do you where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the visuals, with the story, with our overall impressions? Uh, let's let's start with the visuals because I think that that's a really, I think that's maybe the most interesting part of this movie that we're going to take away from it later on. Yeah, and you know I didn't read anything about the movie before I went into it, so I didn't even see the poster until I got to the theater. So my preconceived notions are nothing. I have no idea if they were doing anything different. But I did notice how unbelievably beautiful some of the animation was in this film. Exactly. The the animation, the background, the settings, everything except for the the characters in this movie were Pixar at their best. I, I mean, yeah. Like I, I there were scenes where I was thinking, if there wasn't a, a cartoon dinosaur laying in this water. I would believe that that was just real water and rocks and light. Like, it just looked perfect. And, like, when it rained and seeing the way the rain affects the rock colors and stuff and, and all that, I was just, like, I was I was floored at the attention to detail on, like, the specks on the stones. Yeah, so some, of the, some of the shots where you didn't have dinosaurs in them, my my brain was trying to decide whether or not it was photography that they had made slightly look animated instead of animation. 
Yeah. Or it, did they do any weird, like actually filming landscapes and then animating over top of it? Like I was, I was curious for some of it because it looked so good. Yeah. And, and if it's the case that that's all animation, Pixar is really setting themselves up for something incredible, you know, a decade from now. Oh, I, it, like now it's incredible. Like, I mean, I was, I was floored by it. Uh, and yeah, the, every, uh, every scene that didn't have a character in it, I questioned whether it was a real shot or not. Well, and that's the thing for me, because there was such a stark contrast between the characters and the settings in which they were in. The The dinosaurs all looked cartoony. Does that? Yeah. 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 They, they didn't have the same depth. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Arlo... Arlo seemed, you know, when when you looked closely at him, he he certainly seemed detailed, but he didn't seem it 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 didn't seem, didn't seem like, real. Yeah, he didn't mm. fit in the environment in the same way. And I mean, of course that was a deliberate choice on their part. Like but my question is, is it a deliberate choice because they wanted the characters to pop more or is it that they didn't they weren't able to get the dinosaurs with the same level of detail? Uh, and make it look as real or maybe it, maybe they weren't able to get people uh, and have it look the same level of detail and look real and if they weren't yeah. either of those would stop them from making that choice yeah and it is like as far as i know the history of animation goes like uh trying to animate people realistically it it it's never quite perfect enough and our eyes recognize it. So if you try to make it look like a real person, our eyes recognize that it's just slightly off and it freaks us out a little bit. You know, it feels like we're watching something that's creepy. It doesn't look like it's awesome. It looks like creepy people. So with people, it's often like, yeah, just make them look more cartoony and we'll be more comfortable with it. Like, like watching The Matrix Reloaded where Neo is fighting all those Agent Smiths. And you see close-ups of his face and you can tell it's an animated thing and it looks weird and wrong and makes you throw up in your mouth a little. That's, 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 just that's the why. Movie, Dave. That's not. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, the movie's so bad you throw up in your mouth. But uh, so I think that that definitely why they would have made the people cartoony. And the dinosaurs, I think they, they, I think they could have made the, the, like, uh, the skin look even more scaly and more like a dinosaur. Uh, but... I think because they're speaking English, uh, they want to make them look more cartoony so they can have them speak. Because if you imagine, like, if they'd drawn the Tyrannosaurus Rex's, like, Jurassic Park style, like, <laughs> perfect looking Tyrannosaurus Rex, and then it would speak, it would feel weird and look kind of stupid. It would look like a dog with peanut butter in his mouth. Okay, okay. That... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you're saying, and... I, I guess I hope that that's the case because the cynic in me says that they made them this way so that they could they could make toys. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I I, I mean, because they're probably gonna make toys. Well, they're definitely gonna make toys. Like this is a movie where they the characters almost seemed perfectly designed so that they could make a bunch of toys for it. Sure. And yeah, I didn't. And I didn't. It, uh... I just think if they they had gone more realistic with say the dinosaurs. The toys wouldn't have been as, um, like marketable. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think that's the case because I think uh, 
there's lots of reasons why if you made those dinosaurs look like real brontosauruses. Is that what they are? Brontosaurus? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Are brontosauruses actual dinosaurs? I think a few years ago they decided that the brontosaurus was actually multiple d- oh. dinosaurs bones that were found together <laughs> well whatever it the long neck the long necks <laughs> long necks yes for lack of a better term if they made them look like real long necks they would not nearly have been adorable enough for you to want to follow that character so i think they i think it was a deliberate choice to make it more relatable as a character yeah that's that's probably right i don't think it was a cynical toy selling choice okay okay i'm i'm going to i'm going to believe that i'm going to choose to believe that as well <laughs> Yeah, like, like uh, I mean, if you look at Toy Story, of course they're going to sell toys. But I don't think it was like a cynical reason for making those toys toys. Like the story of Toy Story was the reason for making a Toy Story. Yeah, well, and, and with Toy Story, I mean, part of that is designed a little differently. Like it's, the, the characters and the setting in Toy Story match up so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you wouldn't see. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, in this one, the dinosaurs look like they don't fit the environment because the environment was so beautiful. It was God. gorgeous. Ugh. It was. I, I want to see a nature documentary just set in Pixar landscapes. <laughs> oh, and and you know, again, the rain when it rained on the environment, it it was amazing. Like that, I, I think the reason they made the storm like constantly coming back was just so they could show how beautiful it looked like when things got rained on, because it it was. It was amazing. And that was one of the moments where the dinosaur skin looked more like dinosaur skin. Yeah. And less cartoony was when they got rained on and they kind of darkened it a little and, and that, that effect. Uh, and it was, oh, it was beautiful. Beautiful to behold. And the shot where they're, the two of them, Arlo and Spot, are looking over the clouds and they're seeing the beautiful sunrise. Uh, it was, I was floored by it. I was, it was breathtaking. Oh, it was beautiful. So, I mean, I wish I was floored by the rest of the movie too. <laughs> yeah, which I guess I guess time to get into the rest of the movie. Yeah. So, can we just give our overall impressions of the film? Sure, go nuts. Because this is this is the first thing I thought when I finished watching it, and I was like, "How am I going to describe this to Steve? What I think this movie is like?" And I decided the movie is like The Lion King meets The Land Before Time meets Aliens meets Joseph Campbell's Boner. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought when I was like, how am I going to describe this? Because that was it. I mean, I think uh, most of that is self-explanatory. The, the Lion King, very clearly a Lion King uh, father, son, father dies ripoff. Very much Land Before Time, dinosaurs trying to make it to the Great Valley. Um, aliens was mainly because of the savage kid that knew the landscape better than he did, um, like Newt meeting Ripley, uh, and Joseph Campbell's boner, because that was like, if Joseph Campbell watches this movie, or watched it, he would be like, wow, they figured out my hero's journey perfectly. So the very first note that I mo- uh, wrote after that movie was Lion King plus Land Before Time <laughs> plus After Earth. Oh, you went after Earth. I did. I went after Earth. <laughs> Not aliens, because I was like, this is oh, it's so like aliens. Because <laughs> for me, because after Earth is all about this this fear journey and overcoming your fear and getting through it, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and, nice. and it even had a very similar speech from the father to the son about how it's not that he's <laughs> never afraid. So, 
Oh, yeah. So the movie felt pretty derivative, I guess, is where, where I'm going with this, is that I don't think there was any moment in the film where I was like, what, that's what happens? You know, uh, I think most of the time I was like, yeah, that that that's what should happen right now. Yeah, I guess this is going to happen next. Oh, he's going to learn to smack trees down with his tail probably eventually. You know, like everything felt pretty straightforward if you've seen any other movie in your life. Yeah, I would I would describe it as probably Pixar's most paint by numbers movie. Yeah, sure. Like it it hit every beat that you expect Pixar to hit in a movie. Mhm. And, you know, I mean, part of that is yes, I think you're right to point to the hero's journey, but part of it is just like uh, even the moments where and I confess there were a couple of moments where I just kind of I, I got emotional. I didn't I didn't outright cry like uh, like it's Die Hard or anything, but mm-hmm. I I did get emotional at a couple of points. But they were exactly at the moments where I would expect Pixar to have inserted that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I felt like it, it. This was the most Disney Pixar movie ever made. <laughs> um, yeah, where like it had the classic Disney tropes of of uh, small dinosaur wanting to be more, wanting to get his mark in the world, father dying, goes on long adventure, meets friends, sings songs, except there were no songs, but might as well have been songs, uh, you know, slowly becomes stronger and better and greater, which really meant just embracing who they were in the first place. You know, like it was just so like, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not getting anything new out of this film that I haven't already gotten out of The Lion King or Land Before Time. Yeah, well, and it, I found I loathe the first act of this movie. Ugh. It it lacked all subtlety. Like Agreed. Like, <laughs> up until, like, so, you know, the cute little scene where the dinosaurs come out of the eggs, you're like, okay, well, that's cute. But, if, I mean, there there is nothing terribly unexpected, but, like, Arlo's patheticness and his father and mother telling him how he's going to make your mark one day. And it's, it's an actual mark on stones. It's like, yeah, Pixar is better than that. They, they know. I know. I felt like it was totally being like laid on thick Pixar. I get it. Oh, is he going to have to learn to make his mark in the world? Is that what this movie's about? No, really? And it was so laid on. And the whole, the whole first act was like, I mean, the father character and the mother character were so boring. Yeah. That when their kids were born and Buck came out and was like super aggressive, uh, and the the other the what was the the sister dinosaur called again? Uh, it wasn't Nala. That's from the Lion King. Um, yeah, whatever. The sister dinosaur Libby, came Libby. out and and was like you know just really quick, I guess. Um, and Buck was really aggressive, and then the biggest egg hatches. This one's gonna be a big one. And there's this little tiny dinosaur inside, and it's adorable, but it's just so laid on adorable. Like he's so small and this giant egg. Everything was just so thick and not nothing. Nothing felt like it had any depth at all. It was aggressive, fast, and cute, and boring parents. Well, and one of the one of the questions that I I walk away with is that let's say that that the the point of this story is is how he you know kind of just had to embrace himself and and that's what got him through everything or whatever yeah there is nothing about arlo in particular that made that journey successful because of him 
Like, none of his yeah. particular qualities. He, in fact, had to become someone who he wasn't. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and and so, you know, at no point is there a kind of a story about how, you know, the small, scrappy dinosaur has to learn, you know, that small and scrappy might be useful. And, and <laughs> yeah. it doesn't build him as, you know, this empathetic character at the beginning. So it's not like his empathy is is what gets him through the journey uniquely like it was the exact opposite it was the small scrappy dinosaur has to learn that being small and scrappy is useless and you have to learn how to roar and you have to learn how to smack things with your tail and you have to learn how to be you literally become your father so that at the end when the mom looks up uh, and sees you she thinks you're her husband for no reason and it's like and then and that they the, the most important thing in the world is to make your mark on the world like that's that's what the lesson of the film is it was like ah, I don't, ah, blah, blah. and people belong with people and dinosaurs belong with dinosaurs that was the other um, message of the film we can't become friends um okay let's let's jump back to the beginning for okay, a second because okay. i have a question for you i have a question for you sure is this a what if like alternate universe story yes it is like what if the asteroid that hit the earth and caused an ice age missed yep and that's why dinosaurs develop agriculture. Yes. Yeah. And dinosaurs develop agri and dinosaurs remain the dominant species on the planet. And humans end up being little scrappers. Is that what they call them? Um, Not scrappers. Critters. 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 critters yeah. yeah. Well, and humans basically. So humans become dogs and dinosaurs become people. Is this the what if? Well, so the thing is like the dinosaur, the development of humans. I think that they were saying that this is human humans were born or created or whatever I'm, word I'm looking for, evolved mm -hmm. at, at about that time. So we're not seeing a world where humans and dinosaurs coexist yet. This is the beginning of homo, uh, homo sapiens. So I don't think, I, th I think it's a subtle distinction, but, but it's not yeah. that dinosaurs become the dominant species and, and humans become the subordinate species. It's that humans have not yet become anything, and so it's hard to say what they'll become. Mm. Okay, all right, fair enough. So it was it was close enough to what I thought, but a little a little more some some subtlety in that aspect of the film. Maybe, yeah. Okay, um, but yes, humans are dogs. Yeah, humans are dogs, <laughs> um, and uh, just to drive that point home. They named the human Spot. Just so that's very clearly a dog. Why did he think of the name Spot? Who cares? Because he had a. Sp oh wait, he didn't have any spots on him. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do. What's up? But I just want to get back to this father character at the beginning of the film and how unbelievably boring he was. Like right down to the voice that the father had. Arlo. It was like just the dumbest voice. No offense, voice actor. I'm sure he's a very talented man. But the voice that he did for this character was just the most vanilla character voice, which made me not care one bit about what happens to this whole family of dinosaurs. Uh, the mother's voice was also boring, but she was not nearly as important a character in the story of Arlo because it was about his relationship with his father. You know, Joseph Campbell is loving this movie. And, like, he is, he is uh, like, just... The classic dad who's like, he'll come around and like, you know, loving his kids and trying to teach them to be strong and stuff. And I was just like, I don't care about this character. When he died, I didn't cry. So so you didn't recognize that that was Felix from the James Bond series? 
Uh, nope, I did not recognize that. Because <laughs> Felix is a really cool character in the Bond series. Super cool. See, this is what I mean. The actor, I don't want to strike against the actor, but that character voice was so boring. I did not care about that dad one bit. It was no, he was no uh, he was he was no uh, Mufasa. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, there you know? there there was nothing in the character. I uh, if James Earl Jones voiced the the dad, it would have been a much better film. Well, I I just think that it they didn't want the dad to be a character. Otherwise, I think they would have. They didn't want the mom to be a character because otherwise she would have. But they they both just seemed like bland, two dimensional. <laughs> two-dimensional in a 3D movie. Boom. Uh, two-dimensional characters that, like, there was nothing more to them. As opposed to something like, let's let's go back to Toy Story. Toy Story, where Andy's mother is a single mom. Like, yeah. Like, that's in the backdrop of her, and she's just trying to be a good single parent. You don't see any sort of depth in, in the good dinosaur. They're just dinosaur parents, and, and the... The most most depth we'll get out of their characters is ooh, look at the wacky way that they've found to reproduce human agriculture. Yeah, and it was it was like the the to me the the thing was the whole crux of that story involved me having to care about. Uh, I'm gonna say I had to care about three characters. I had to care about Arlo, of course, because he's our main character. I had to care about Spot the human because he was the like you know uh, the love story, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to care about the dad because he was the motivation for all of Arlo's actions. Yep. Was to basically become his dad, make his mark next to his dad's mark, get back to his family so he can replace his dad because the winter's coming and his mom needs him to be his dad. You know, like it was all about his dad. Yep. And I didn't care about the dad (laughs) at all. I was actually happy when he died. I didn't really care about Arlo. I did care about Spot. Exactly. So they got one out of three. They got one out of three on me there. And maybe that's me being xenophobic and only caring about the human, but I think <laughs> I don't think that's uh, why I only cared about Spot. So I, I would place in the same order. I cared I cared a great deal about Spot. I cared a little bit about Arlo and everyone else in the film I don't care about whatsoever. Yeah, and I hated Buck. What a jerk. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he's <laughs> supposed to be a jerk, but like it's he wasn't even a good character. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really hate him that much, actually. I should have hated him more. Uh, and the sister, I can't remember her name. Here, here's my question: Why couldn't Buck become his father? Like, <laughs> just, just sorry. Yeah. Buck seems so much better suited to taking over the family, and and was already doing that stuff. <laughs> yeah, like was already doing it. Plus, here's the thing: So, if they were worried about not having enough food to get through the winter, yeah, when Dad was around, Dad dies. They don't need as much food. They don't need as much food. And, in fact... Arlo goes missing. Arlo goes missing. They don't need as much food. They don't even need as much food. And it showed that they didn't really have any trouble getting the the field harvested because they got it done before Arlo got back. So what was the whole point of Arlo coming back? To just come and mooch off their food over the winter? I know, right? Like, what what was the thing he was bringing? He didn't even bring a relationship with these new critter people to develop trade. Like, it was just this... He came back because he had left, and and he was different, but it wasn't – the family didn't need him. Like, I didn't understand the 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 stakes in the family relationship there. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I totally agree that it was like what 
And like, what was the point of his big adventure? Yeah, other, I mean, it was to grow up in himself. Yes. Which is to say it was to become a different dinosaur altogether because who he was wasn't good enough. Exactly. Because being small and weak is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, being small and weak and scared of everything and, and having no real character traits whatsoever mm-hmm. other than being scared of chickens. Yeah, what was the... He never... Oh. Like, yeah, and if, if that had come back in some sort of way and... Oh. Yeah. I mean, he it was like he did fight other bird creatures, but... Yeah. Um, so you could see the reason they had the chickens being his fear so that he could learn to overcome birds, uh, his fear of birds, but... So, okay, so I agree with you that Spot was the most likable character, and in fact, I loved Spot. Spot, I could watch an entire movie about Spot. That would... Super adorable. And you know what? It wasn't just that he was adorable, because he was cute, yep. and he sniffed, and he... Ow, ow, like he literally was a dog. Yes. He stomped his foot and he peed behind rocks just like a dog but it was that he was like capable and kind of cool in what he could do yeah i don't know like he was like this ninja uh, this is where this is where i thought of aliens like newt who'd been living in the the like the the floorboards where there's this aliens or all these aliens are running around and she's managed to survive and she's sort of savage and crazy but that's how she survived and i was like you know i liked newt I like this character. Yeah. It was it was good. It was a nice like Savage Land character who's lost his parents but didn't lose them. No, he had lost his parents. Those weren't his parents. They weren't his parents. They weren't his parents. I was wondering whether they were his parents or not. And the way the way that they they showed that was the fact that there were two they other had, kids. Yeah, and the parents and kids all had gray hair. <laughs> did you notice that? He did. The kids had gray hair. I don't get it. I don't get why. Why do they have gray hair? Is this one of those weird, if the asteroid missed Earth, um, some people would have gray hair? I'm believing that this has something to do with... Uh, with Time travel. No, yeah. no. I, I'm sure it's rooted somehow <laughs> in some sort of you know science. This is Neanderthal, evolved, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Pixar, <laughs> Pixar is good at coming up with science justifications, and Inside Out is a great example. Sure, where yeah. the five emotions were the five emotions that they kind of had boiled yeah. de- it down from some scientific study, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll give him that one. Yeah. But So it wasn't his parents. That, no. But that was the part where I was kind of wondering, like, are these his parents? And if they're not his parents, why doesn't he just stay with Arlo? That would have been way cooler of an ending to that film. Yeah. If people and dinosaurs start living together, I was like, oh, this is going to be like the beginning of the Flintstones. Yeah. And like now, that now we go into the Flintstones. But nope. He didn't even make a friend. And and even, like, let's say I'm being cynical and this movie is all about making toys. You know what creates a better sequel? If Spot is living with the dinosaurs. Totally. Totally does. <laughs> Clearly sets mm-hmm. up another sequel. Whereas this one, it's like, now they're going to have to find some sort of blah, blah, blah reason for them to come back yeah. together. So here's my question. So I liked Spot a lot, and I don't think I liked him just because he was human. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason that that Spot was a human? Why wasn't he just a, a wolf or a dog? Like, is there anything that would have been remotely different if this film hadn't been in an alternate sort of timeline where the dinosaurs, like, if it if it had just been a story of a wolf and a, um, a whatever the brontosaurus dinosaur, or or if it was a story between the the brontosaurus and a, a baby raptor or something like that, like another dinosaur, even just another small creature that lived in the 
Yeah. The woods. Yeah. Or a saber a saber tooth tiger. There we you know, go. Yeah. A baby it. a baby yeah. saber tooth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything that that the conceit of it being a human made made for a better film? The only thing I can think is that it gives us the audience a laugh. You know, like a like a oh ha 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 humans are dogs in this world. Uh, and makes it a funny little twist on us thinking of humans as the dominant species and no look they're just they're just dinosaurs best friend you know like that sort of twist there that's the only only reason i can think they made it a human yeah cuz it was totally didn't he did not act like a human he didn't i mean the only thing that, actually there was a moment when i thought well of course he can do that because he's a human and humans are smart you know, he's just savage, but he still has, like, a similar brain to the brain that we all have now. So, of course, he's going to learn how to 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 get the dinosaur to fall over the, the gap so that he can climb over him to get the berries, you know. And, of course, he's going to recognize that there's a snake in the tree and try and stop him, you know, like, because he's smart. He's a human. Okay, I just remembered something that happened in the film that I wasn't sure if it actually happened. When they got drunk? When they had the drug trip? Yeah, yeah. What the f- was that i i was like what is happening is this actually happening are they tripping out on like some sort of psychedelic berries or something and then it ended and there was no reason for it to have ever happened at all it was a dumbo pink elephants thing with no justification (laughs) it just happened Uh, i don't even when he was eating off the ground was he eating the plums was he eating the leeches that were just on the dinosaur i was very confused in that moment it was the the fruit was fermenting on the ground was the implication i think and they got drunk from it yes and tripped out and had psychedelic hallucinations like i i was so confused (laughs) how what happened and not only what happened but why why did they make that happen what was necessary about that and I think it was after that moment that I started thinking this is the most Disneyed Pixar movie because it reminded me so much of Dumbo. And I was like, whoa, that totally is such a Disney thing to do. And when they were running through the fields and all those light up bugs were flying around, I was just imagining the word sex being written in them, you know, like in like I was like, this is a Disney. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to go on a rant about that drug trip. Well, and and that's the thing. I think that more or less points to what this movie is. This movie is not a Pixar movie. It's an homage to a bunch of different Disney movies. Yeah. Like, that's sure. really what it feels like. You know, it like The Lion King is obviously there, The Land Before Time. I think you're right to point to, to Dumbo. I think there might even be some elements of Bambi in there in this. Like, sure. It it doesn't feel like they they set out to tell a pixar story it it in no way has has i don't know the gravitas of a pixar movie it yeah. it just feels like somebody who had grown up watching a ton of disney made a pixar movie yeah and you know when you look at the other pixar movies they they have so much more grounding in the real world and real emotional relationships and this movie lacked all of that. Like the the emotional relationship between the kid and his dad was that of altruistic, pure, I love my dad. And none of this like, well, sometimes I hate my dad. And sometimes I, I hate the fact that I'm so small. 
uh, and I don't believe that, like you know, like like uh, like my dad can, is sort of a jerk. Like there's there was none of that in it, uh, and the dad was totally like a perfect dad. He wasn't like he he didn't like he wasn't bored with his life. He didn't uh, he didn't drink. You know he was it was just so he didn't like leave his mom for some hot other long neck. It was just like so lacked all reality in those emotional relationships, which made it feel like just such a classic quest story that it was boring. The notion that that Henry was unsatisfied with Arlo and his and his inability to leave his mark, uh, I think <laughs> that is the the very peak of his uh I don't know, his, his disappointment in Arlo. Like that's but but even then, like it they they could have taken that one step further and been he could have gone, Arlo isn't going to ever leave his mark. Arlo, Arlo isn't yeah. good enough. Arlo, you, you know what, Arlo, just go deal with the chickens. We don't, we don't need you to do anything important. Like, have that be the character so that Arlo, Arlo has a, a desire to find, find himself and find what he is good at instead of just leaving his dad's mark. Yeah, or just like having his dad get mad at him because he got kind of mad. But then it was like, oh, it's okay, son. Let's go home. You're like, Ugh. yeah. He got mad at him because he broke his leg. Like it wasn't yeah. that he got mad at, like, or sorry, he stopped being mad because he broke his leg. Like, I almost wish that that moment had been, you know, Arlo fell over and just was, you know, he was being pathetic. It wasn't that Arlo was injured. He was just being pathetic. Like, oh, it's too hard for me. And for his dad to go, no, you have to do this or something. Like yeah, to be some fed up sort with of- him. Like, like, uh, I mean, or like, like just hit him with his tail or something. You stupid kid, you know, like something like that, that makes it like, Ooh, there's depth to these characters. It's not just perfect dad, perfect, perfectly sad kid, you know, a perfectly aggressive brother, perfectly forgettable sister, uh, <laughs> nice mom, you know, like it was just so boring all through and through. I mean, the the most most beautiful moment in the film, which I'm going to guess is one of the moments when you teared up a little bit. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Was when Arlo put the little sticks in the ground and drew the circle around it for family. And then Spot did the same thing and then buried his parents' sticks in the sand. Is that the moment? Was that one of the moments that teared you up? Definitely. I know. And I was I was like, this is beautiful, this moment. It's gorgeous. The little reflection off the light into the rocks behind them as they do it and the, the sort of like symbolism of the sticks and how perfectly those sticks looked like long necks and how perfectly the spike sticks looked like people and then the burials and stuff. And then he buries his dad and then they cry and then they wake up in the morning and Spot's sleeping on his leg. Yep. That whole sequence was beautifully done. Yep. And it was a wonderful piece of storytelling and it was like, ah, this is Pixar doing what they can do really well yeah but <laughs> that was it that's all that's all that really made me go oh oh you know the only other thing that i thought was cool there's a couple other things i thought was cool i thought i thought the um the the storm provides yeah with those like scavenger uh pterodactyls were they pterodactyls yeah and i think that they were just the hyenas from uh the lion king but yeah, and like, the, but the whole thing that they worshipped this storm and yeah. got new names from the storm was was thunderclass, awesome. Yeah, was hilarious, and it was a great way to. Because um, I mean, the bad guy in the story was the storm, obviously, that caused the mudslide that killed his dad. That 
Yeah. You know, like, like made these scavenger birds that then he had to overcome at the end to save Spot, you know? So it was like always versus the storm. Yeah. And it gave a wonderful personification to the storm uh, and gave them characters that he could then fight. Yeah. Because otherwise it would have just been him, like, making it through the rain. And that was, that's how he became a man, you know? Like, <laughs> they needed something there. And I thought it was a good choice and a great use of the pterodactyl. Because, like, as a dinosaur movie, when you start watching it and then you see him meet the crazy, uh, the uh, the three horn, what do you call this? Dinosaurs. The one that the one that's like sitting in the woods that has like names all of his creatures that are sitting on him. Yeah, it uh, the I know what you're talking about. I wish I knew dinosaurs better. Triceratops, Cer- but it's not triceratops. a triceratops. But it, was, it but, wasn't actually a triceratops, but I think it was like a triceratops. It was enough like a triceratops that I felt like I got my triceratops fix. Um, <laughs> but it was like they had to introduce a triceratops, a, a pterodactyl, a Tyrannosaurus rex, a, you know, the long necks, the, all those sort of things. You have to introduce them because that's what we're expecting from dinosaurs. So I think it was a great use of the pterodactyls to make them the storm worshippers is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, and I think with with all of the dinosaurs, except for the not brontosauruses, they did a good job of putting a new take on on the cliche, right? Like the mm-hmm. T Rexes weren't weren't angry meat eaters; they were, you know, essentially uh, cow- cowboys. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, very not essentially they were yep. so clearly cowboys. <laughs> yeah, and and that I didn't mind. You know, it 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 was kind of fun and and worked okay. I mean, one of the things that either I wish that they had not done or they had done significantly better is everyone that Arlo meets is a family. It's different yeah. kinds of families that he meets throughout his journey. Yeah. And and I felt like that was underdeveloped. <laughs> like it could have been done significantly better in that, you know, showing the way that different families can work in different ways and and different members of that family each provide different things. Like, I think that that could have been a really interesting theme throughout the movie. Oh, you're totally right. It could have been such a better theme, but I think it was lost because his family was so dumb and boring. Yeah. And washed out that all the other families were like, oh, yeah, neat. Okay, cool. Wow. Cool families. But it didn't quite relate to his family because his family was such a blah. Yeah, like his journey could have been realizing that yes his father had, had had died and it was sad but but that they didn't necessarily need him and they would become something new and find a different different journey through life together that would have been such a beautiful story mm-hmm. but instead it was just i'm going to meet a bunch of characters so that i can become my father yeah pretty much yeah and I'm going to learn from each of them something different. I'm going to learn from the pterodactyls to face my fear. I'm going to learn from my from the not triceratops that you need to name people. Is that what he learned from? Uh, and I'm going to learn from the T-Rexes that I need to be able to roar and be tough and that scars make you stronger. Yeah, like there there's there's so much that that could have been done there and like they they had glimpses of it, right? Like the not Triceratops had his whole family, and everyone was contributing their own thing, mm-hmm. and 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 that they weren't all the same, but their differences made made them uniquely capable. Although you know what, I think I think where they wasted it is that I think you're right. Like that's what he should have been learning from the Triceratops, 
But he didn't learn that from him. Instead, it was all about these different family members helping him ward off fear of things. You know, like they all had a reason for being with him that had to do with protecting him from his own fear. And the Storm Chasers was, again, it was all about that was his fear and learning to face his fear and, and becoming the storm or whatever. And the Tyrannosaurus Rexes were all about how it's okay to be afraid. You're going to feel the fear, but you can still go through it. So it was all sort of still centered around this idea of fear and not enough about the idea of family. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's spot on, spot on observations. Excuse me using spot in this context, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, and it, it just shows that they... I, I, I think that if the theme of the film is let's get over our fear, then... That's not a particularly novel or Pixar-like conclusion, right? Like, just stop being afraid. Yeah, basically. Or actually, you know what? It's okay to be afraid. Just don't let your fear control you. Like, that was, that yeah. was it. Yeah, and I've seen that in, in a bunch of different movies. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, would, I would rather see a movie that says, you know, it's, you know fear, fear can be useful at times, but remember that there's, you know, it's a big world and you need a lot of different reactions to a lot of different things and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it it, yeah. It was lacking in so many places. Although I think the uh, I, I I do think like we got to give them some credit for putting a little bit of a twist on the dinosaurs. Uh, that the Triceratops was sort of or the not Triceratops, but fulfilled the role of a Triceratops <laughs> was sort of this like weird spiritual meditating, paranoid, crazy dinosaur. Was kind of neat, the fact that the tri- the T Rexes were cowboys and like like uh like wrangling Longhorns, uh the buffalo I guess they were buffalo were they buffalo, uh no let's call them let's call them Longhorns yeah, that's long, what they called them yeah they called them Longhorns and the, I loved the Raptors as sort of like redneck um uh a redneck posse i guess i don't know for lack of a better word i thought that was a wonderful use of raptors and the 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 sort of storm worshipers again so fantastic although the one dinosaur that they played right into the classic cliche was our main character yeah the long necks are always really peaceful and like vegetarians and agriculture and like family uh in in our cliche version of them and i kind of wish it wasn't a story about a long neck like i think because of the land before time did that so well it's like i'm surprised like the character arlo i still thought of in my head as littlefoot when i was watching the movie yeah like that legacy carried over and i couldn't get out of it and i kind of wish like why didn't we follow a, a a young triceratops on the exact same kind of journey or a young, uh, a young raptor or a young, uh, even a young pterodactyl, so any, anything well, a young T-Rex. on their journey, like, a like, young T-Rex even. Like sure. If we want it to be a story about how, how you have to, you have to kind of be yourself, have it be about a T-Rex who doesn't want to be this aggressive, you know, sort of predator T-Rex. And then yeah. his story with Spot is even more important because it's him you know, overcoming his his nature as a beast to to Eat kill him. this yeah. guy and actually become friends with like that's a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah, what a, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I I think you're right, and I think that that points to the fact that this movie f- 
far more than Inside Out isn't for us. This is this is a kids movie through and through. Yeah. Inside Out was a movie for 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 adults and children equally. Maybe even more so for adults than it was for kids. Yeah. And this one goes in the opposite direction. And as a kids movie, it's not terrible. I mean, like I, I think. I yeah, I, I, mean, I can think of worse kids movies. Yeah, I mean the, I think it. There are points where I mean there were definitely points where in the theater the the kids were were scared, like more mm-hmm. scared than I would think you would want kids to be in a kids movie. Mm-hmm. But it definitely has much more of a a this movie is designed for children feel. Right down to, I mean, and we don't need to harp on this much, but the gender politics. Like, Pixar is usually pretty good about, you know, gender politics in a movie. Not in this one. <laughs> Not at all. No, this one was like, like the man was the leader of the family and the the men were aggressive and the men had to be strong and show no fear and the women were moms. Yep. That's it. Yep. And so, yep. And, and so you know, it... I, it's it. I, I won't say it's the worst Pixar movie. It's probably I haven't Cars seen two. Cars too, so I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, it, it is it, it is definitely the probably the worst Pixar movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty weak. Yeah, which is sad, unfortunately. But I guess because there was no real big hype about this movie, I didn't know what to expect. But I guess since there was no hype, I could have expected that. Yeah, that it was going to be one of the worst Pixar movies because it was just kind of bleh. And I mean, like, just to get back to my my uh, the things that this movie reminded me of, uh, which was Lion King meets uh, Land Before Time meets Aliens meets Joseph Campbell's Boner. I enjoy all four of those things that I just mentioned. <laughs> okay. Nope, you said it. You're stuck with it. <laughs> That's not what I meant. But um, I, uh, apart Joseph Campbell's mythos and and Lion King and and. Uh, you know, Lamb Before Time and Aliens are great. But when they all got put together like this, it just felt so so uh, classic, boring quest story that it left me just sort of mm, unimpressed, unexcited, uh, with no surprises and nothing that, uh, no characters that kept me along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, I won't, I won't rewatch this. You know, it's it's just not anywhere nope. on my mm-hmm. uh, yeah. agenda mm-hmm. and i guess there are parts of there are parts of the movie that i was impressed with you know um and, and again we can talk about how beautiful it was and and how that's clearly setting up pixar for later ventures and that sort of stuff um, we can talk about how the soundtrack kind of reminded me of the lord of the rings sure like just i don't it just like it feels kind of like there's elements of brave in that regard. We're like, yeah, let's just make this Lord of the Ringsy. But yeah. I mean, for for well, me, a lot of it comes down to like. So the title of the movie is "The Good Dinosaur." Yeah. In what way does that relate to the story whatsoever? That's like, if you point. just took out the good and just called it the dinosaur, <laughs> it would have been just as accurate. Yeah. Like it's it's not as if his goodness, like he had to overcome any any sort of terrible nature in himself in order to to you know get through the plot. It's not and like you know, he was the only yeah. the only thing I can think of as to why it was good dinosaur. Because I thought that too. Like, why is he the good dinosaur? What's he done that's good? I'm expecting him to do something really good. Is that he didn't kill the human. 
right away like he was supposed to. Yeah. But that kind of made him a bad dinosaur. And then, but it turns out that it didn't make him a bad dinosaur. And that if he had killed the human when he went on his crazy adventure, he would have died, I guess. Well, but if he but had if, killed the human, then his dad wouldn't have died. Yeah, and he would have been proud and had his mark and not gone on the crazy adventure. And so, like, it's like, where is the good part? Like, like that's that, that that's all I could think. Because really, he was like, it, it should have been called, like, the dinosaur that gets saved by people. That's real. That's really got a poetry to it. You know, like it was like, yeah, he didn't do anything good. It was no, there was nothing in his nature that was better than that of his father or mother or sister. Maybe better than his brother, but that was it. I don't even feel like he saved Spot out of goodness. Like he just he just happened to save Spot because the plot demanded that he save Spot. Like it didn't. Oh, he, kept, he kept trying to kill him. Like. Yeah, like there there wasn't any particular core in him that was caring or or thoughtful or like it you, you know what if he they wanted him to be the good dinosaur then maybe he loved the chickens like he really cared about the chickens and wanted them to to be fed and was really concerned about them and he was always concerned about other other animals great then he's a good dinosaur but like you can't have a single moment in a movie define a character as good yeah and it didn't even define him as good in the end. Yeah. I don't know. So final thoughts. Well, I mean, I'm I'm frustrated at how disappointed I am in in this movie. After seeing Inside Out and and that I mean, with some distance from it, that that movie is my favorite Pixar movie of all time. Uh-huh. It it is. I am I am satisfied with that movie. I I will rewatch it again and I am I'm so happy with what they did in that movie. I thought that it was incredible. This to jump from that to this seems like such a misstep. It it yeah. seems like the kind of it, it it seems like just this huge mistake. Well, it makes you wonder if because these movies came out so close to each other, they had their A team working on Inside Out and this movie was made by their B team. Well, it like it it just strikes me that this this script was an early draft. Mm. Like there, there is nothing about this script that tells me that it's what they should have built a movie around. You know, like the 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 line. Why did I? I can't even why he who he was saying it to. But Arlo saying that he loves Spot. Yeah, like he that that it's this sort of not even sort of this heavy handed on the nose. Not at all subtle, like I, I, he can't die because I love him or whatever it was. Like it's just like, why? Why would why why is that in the script when when Pixar is capable of of writing subtle and careful and methodical and and really telling a nuanced story? This this had no nuance. It had no subtlety, and. And I think desperately needed someone who is willing to go through the script and go, this is unacceptable. This isn't thoughtful enough. This wasn't careful. And it just didn't happen. And it's so frustrating because they are capable of so much more. And if this is what happens when they make two movies in a year, they need to take some time off. Yeah, I agree with most of what you just said almost exactly. And I think, yeah, it felt like they didn't have another run of the script. They just wrote it and they're like, that's good enough. Let's do it. Which makes me think they should have called the movie The Good Enough Dinosaur. Like, eh, well, how's this dinosaur? That's eh, good enough. 
let's make it. Uh, and it reminded me of uh, when I used to do uh, when I first started doing like solo improv shows, and I would f- every once in a while find myself in a in a show where it was just one person going on a quest. Uh, and those were always the worst shows because the character had no one to talk to or relate to, so the relationship was never growing. And then I'd think, try and fix it by giving them like a pet, but that doesn't help because you can't create a relationship with a pet that really means or matters as much as a relationship with a talking person um, where you can lie to each other and create, you know, like, like you know, a, a real relationship. And so you end up on this quest with like one character and a pet, and on the way, they meet a wise person, they meet a bad guy, they meet all these different people along the way, and they come back, and then they fight their way home. Uh, and those were always the worst stories, because most of the time, you were just watching one person walking and talking to themselves. And then they'd meet people, and they'd have, in that meeting, would have to accomplish the goal of that meeting. Like when you meet the wise person, you have to acquire some wisdom. When you meet the cool cowboys, you have to acquire some knowledge about being cool cowboys. And like so every spot along the way, you have to learn something. Uh, And then you get to the end and the characters now learned all of the things that we just watched them learn. And it's just kind of a blah kind of story when there's no relationship. And that's what this felt like, is it felt like it was just a person going to the milestone parts of the story that they had to get to accomplishing what they needed to accomplish in that place and then moving on to the next thing with no no depth no uh, no reason for me to care no excitement no no nothing interesting that came out of it and that's how it felt which is why again i think if they would have taken a second run at this script and modified it and changed things and realized that oh wait maybe spot should be able to talk and what have you like uh, then it would have been a good a good movie as opposed to a good enough movie. I, th- I think that's a, a a particularly careful way of of phrasing it. I mean, it in in a story, everyone is changed through the experience. You know, it's it, sorry in 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 a good story, everyone is changed through the experience, not just the main character. You know, everyone everyone grows in some way as a result of of what happened. And and the end of the story is not just a different main character, but everyone is is, is new. better because of the story. Yeah. And in this in yeah. this it was one dynamic character meeting a whole bunch of static characters. And the dynamic character was a character that went from being themselves to being their dad. Uh, and losing themselves really through the course of the story, as opposed to embracing themselves or becoming a better them. Yeah. And and even the most interesting and cool character in the in, entire movie, Spot, he he didn't change through the story until the very end when he started walking on two feet. Yeah, <laughs> like like it it's it's this just strange sort of you know Spot should have grown through the story as well. And he I don't didn't. Think no, he, he did. didn't. He stayed just like, he, as capable as he was the day he stole the corn. Yeah, like he he didn't need Arlo and he didn't get anything from the experience of Arlo and and that's what keeps it from being like a homeward bound story where all of the animals need to, you know, recognize the unique qualities yeah. in each other a, in order to or survive. Or a Wizard of Oz story where all the characters on the adventure have their own thing that they need to get and they get it through the adventure. There was none of that at all. Yeah, it just everyone stayed the same and so i mean we we know why the movie 
didn't work for us. And I guess it's just frustrating. Yeah. Well, I would say so if people that are listening, if you've made it this far and you haven't seen the movie, you're probably not going to now. But if you had seen the movie and gotten this far, I'm guessing you agree with us. And if you don't, something is wrong with you. Arlo?